is Dr. Impostar. <laughs> this is Professor Fa- Feather. And this is the Mystican. Uh, this is Midnight Gadfly Tar. Fadfly. Good afternoon, Fadfly. This is Hector Dead. <laughs> and this is Guab. I'm the not flu even going to try it. Bob, sure, that too. <laughs> the flu bears? The flu bears. The flu bears. And you are listening to I'm on the Unsane Radio. Oh, oh, inmates. Tonight, we're going to have a lovely trip back into a time where we were young and carefree and gentle the seasons were good uh, and kind unlike that <laughs> couldn't stop that one not to edit that one out maybe not let's just keep it oh we are going back to some holiday themed animations you know today uh today really starts the holiday season i always took that halloween was the beginning of the holiday season for me. So we got Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Hey, I never was a big celebrator of New Year's. I didn't really care about that. But the big three, I mean, come on. And every year around the TV, we would gather to watch the same animated Halloween or holiday classics. And to this to this day, like every year, I will watch them continue because I still feel like that five-year-old kid, that seven-year-old kid. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk a little about uh, tonight. Um, the first one that comes to mind, I think one of the one of the great holiday animated classics is The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, you know? And uh, so, Blue Fez, let's, what, are you, what are your thoughts, your experiences, your memories of watching the great pumpkin charlie brown i got a rock <laughs> and a bunch of dolly madison snack cakes too <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that's right sponsored Ooh, by dolly a- madison yeah <laughs> oh. i was waiting for d snyder to come in there punch it in yeah you know <laughs> i got a rock <clears throat> so the charlie brown halloween i mean you know i I'm kind of just kind of thinking back because, uh, like, we're gonna, we're like you said, we're starting at the beginning of the season. Working our and way through. There's like, oh, there's all a bunch of other stuff that's coming, and it's like, you know, you just want to jump the gun there. But yeah, no, it's it's funny uh, because you know we have the memory of these events, and the thing that made them events was the medium. 
and it was television. You'd start seeing the commercials next week on CBS, Charlie Brown, you know, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, followed by, you know, that that whole thing. And so, you, you know, the minute you start entering into October, there were a couple of things. One, you had to go to the store and 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 go through all the boxes of Halloween costumes or your parents would make the costume for you. And two, you know, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. So you had a couple of things going on there as you're getting ready for the season. And growing up, the 70s kids, and I think a lot of us probably were, uh, we were Peanuts kids because, you know, that's when... You know, as 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 Schultz was moving out of the '60s, and he was doing some commercial stuff um, with the the Peanuts characters, um, and then you get into the late '60s with the the Christmas special, and then followed by you know the the Great Pump, you know the Great Pumpkin. Um, as we go into the '70s, it was Peanuts was everywhere. That I mean, that was its like big anchor decade. You know, where it gets firmly rooted in like you know you know probably Americana for the. Especially marketing, and I remember just you know that just just like the pivotal point. You don't want to miss it. You wanted to sit there. In fact, I don't even remember what followed a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I'm sure there was something else because I think the thing was only what thirty minutes long. There's something after right. it. I mean, we could probably look it up on YouTube. Somebody's probably put the commercial for it up there, uh, but I couldn't remember. I was just laser focused in on. Uh, on <laughs> the great pumpkin and just watching poor Linus have to waste another Halloween yeah. sitting <laughs> in the pumpkin patch and it's like oh come on Linus you're missing all the candy <laughs> ah good times yeah good grief <clears throat> Feather your take uh, I go back to like Rudolph you know, uh, there wasn't really a whole lot when I was a kid that I can remember. Most of the things I think when I was a kid revolved around TV shows and their annual story about whatever the season was, you know, because that was, the, you know, they always had most a lot of them had Halloween themed shows, you know, that, that type of thing, which brings up. Speaking of which, one of the best ones, and it was one of the show I was particularly fond of, but it was the Roseanne show, and they went all out for Halloween. You know that was their that was their holiday, and I really liked how, what they always came up with every season that that show was out. Uh, but I can remember even going back further into you know jumping into that uh, time machine and going back and and uh, like I love Lucy specials you know and uh, just all kinds of uh, and I don't remember a lot of cartoons being played other than the normal stuff that we'd see on Saturday you know and some of that would be holiday related but I remember like you know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that really sticks in my mind and and I don't even know you know when that movie was or when that tv show was made but I remember it and, and then watching it subsequent years for you know a long time, something like that. It was that. earlier sixties, I think. You know, some of those are are older, but you know, who we'll, we'll there's a couple that were classics around the seventy or early seventies that I yes, you know, yeah. the Christmas ones out. I remember. Nineteen sixty four. Yeah, sixty four. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, Gadfly, you a you a peanuts pumpkin fan? Uh, I love peanuts. Uh, everything peanuts like i had all the books and i would read the you know the old strips and all that kind of stuff um 
I think the thing about the holiday specials, just in general, were that they broke up the school year, which I fucking hated. You know, <laughs> like I, I love summer, and you didn't have to worry about you'd, you'd watch movies at night, and you'd watch. Uh, I think we would watch. Uh, um, Honeymooners and Twilight Zone would be on at late night TV, you know, after we got done playing and we had to come in because it was dark and we even after dark, we would be playing tag and all this other shit. Um, but the, 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 the holiday specials were really about breaking up and creating these milestones through school, you know, uh, because school would change and there would be things in there that would be events and, and so on. Um, and I even remember um, they would have us watch like, uh, the great pumpkin and uh, the Christmas stuff in an auditorium, you know, in the auditorium uh, with a TV, this little TV would sit in front of everybody sitting in these, <laughs> these seats. Nice. And we, we loved it. We're just like, Oh, this is so good. It's not school. It's not like, I'm not going <laughs> up on a stupid workbook or whatever. This is great. Um, so those were the, the cool things that I liked about that. Um, but I also, you know, I, I thought, I think The Great Pumpkin came in kind of later uh, for me. I don't think it was on uh, fairly early. I think I remember the Christmas special and the Thanksgiving special from Peanuts were the two hallmarks. And then suddenly uh, The Great Pumpkin showed up and I'm like, what is this? This is awesome. Yes. Um, the, uh, so, it, and then I would constantly be on the lookout because we had commercials like, you know, uh, like Fez was saying, you know, this is the seventies was like, there was like this foraging that we did for media, right? We, you know, the TV guide, you'd mark stuff up in there and you'd be like, Oh, what's going on here. Um, and then you would watch these shows and you'd watch the, the, the commercials. Um, and you're saying like, what was the commercial after it was probably monster cereal, right? So I think I, I think the monster cereal stuff was really something that like uh, burned into our brains, and we found this out at the last convention, <laughs> uh, with uh, you know at the Cinema Wasteland, was we had some monster cereal material, and it was gone in no time. Yeah, you know, people bought that right up. Blueberry uh, baby. Yeah, but I uh, I like that, and I also like Fat Albert ended up coming out with a Halloween and a Christmas special, and I love those. Um, which is funny because I didn't really like Fat Albert only because uh, they signified the end of actual cartoons on a Saturday morning. <laughs> right, with like Hong Kong Fooey, the 11.30 shows. Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, well, after this, there's no more. It's going to be American Bandstand and all Soul kinds of Train stuff. in my cousin's house. Soul Train. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Soul yeah. Train, yes. Yeah, and I think that was Saturday morning because before and after was like, you know, before was Patches and Pockets and uh, Uncle Ben, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I remember And then that. after, yeah, after was uh, all this yeah. other stuff. You know? New Zoo Review. Yeah. Oh, that was weekdays. Come on. Oh, was, that was it? Like, yeah, that was, that was like Great Space Coaster and New Zoo Review. Or- okay, I don't remember, but yeah, that's going way back. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you there. You know, with uh, you, just when you're describing foraging for media in the TV guide, it's like our our local newspaper on Fridays gave us like a free TV guide for the following week or on Sundays or something. So I was like grabbing it, grabbed a pen, looking for any monster movies, anything <laughs> that, that you know to watch. You know, but these, yeah, with the, with the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and the Christmas, you know, all those were were annual events and i had like you i had the books too so i had the 
great pumpkin. I had the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Um, I think of the three, what has the three of those, they're all wonderful. I could just watch them anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about the Thanksgiving one. Yes. That I just really love, uh, you know, aside from the weird, like Snoopy fighter pilot mission, that, that that's like always bothered me. Even as a kid, I had the book. I'm like, the colors are all nightmare. I'm like, this feels like I feel like inside when I eat too much sugar, I feel gross. You know? <laughs> I have a cinnamon roll for breakfast in my third period. I'm like, oh, I feel gross. Um, <laughs> you know, I just couldn't articulate it. But I think what it is, is the dinner they have. The dinner that Snoopy and Woodstock put together with toast and jelly beans, you popcorn. know, and popcorn and pretzel sticks. I'm like that is awesome. Like I want to be at that Thanksgiving dinner, you know, instead of Pepper and Patty's like inviting herself to grandma's house, you know, Hey Chuck, I'm going to come over and crash your party. Um, yeah, I think that's what it is. There's a magical moment. And when I, when I hear the guitar right now, I hear it plucking away and here's Snoopy and Woodstock making out this big spread. I'm like, yeah, that's Thanksgiving, man. You know, you know what it is. You know what it is for me for that one. Little birdie, yeah. why do you fly upside down? It's amazing that you still can get around. It's like I, I just there's this little, this little, it's like little musical soliloquy right in the middle of it. We're just this is Woodstock, and they they do that kind of classic gag where he just starts pedaling, spins the bicycle tires who can hop through it, you know, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, not really. And, but yeah. Yeah, Get open in the garage and everything's yeah. flying out, dealing with the, the weird lawn chairs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the reason that I like the Christmas special of uh, um, Charlie Brown more is because of the music. Uh, mm-hmm. I like, I will, I have that soundtrack and I will play it mm-hmm. in the house yep. during that season and I can just do, yeah. do, 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 you know, yeah, the Vince Guaraldi uh, trio, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I just, you know, I'll just sit there like, you know, what is it? Uh, what's the guy that plays the piano? It's Schroeder. Schroeder. Schroeder yeah. You know, I just be like, wow, you know, yeah. Well, I think Peanuts is really instrumental in introducing our age group, our generation into jazz. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. And and it was mainstream jazz and it it is nothing better. I I, like you, Gadfly. I have, I have the soundtrack. I've got a lot of Vince Guaraldi, but there is something when I start hearing and like the snow falling, you know, there's something when they're skating. It's just like, yes, it sounds like what snow looks like falling. You know, there is a beauty to that, that score that, it has not not been touched i i totally get it it, it is yeah it is lovely every time i hear it yeah christmas time is here that instrumental version mm-hmm. of it where they you get the little and they're just kind yeah. of playing you're just like oh my god this is just <laughs> so amazingly good and it, it gives mm-hmm. me chills every time i hear it yeah yeah it's perfect you know and that's what really got me into once I knew who you know Vince Guaraldi was, listening to more of his music, and then getting into jazz a little bit through through Peanuts, as I as I it was into my twenties, like you know finding more about being more experimental and listening to stuff, but still, yeah, the soundtrack, it, it doesn't matter. I, I listen to it daily. Well, you know, it's good. So feather feather, how far back does that go? For you, like, I mean, is, uh, I don't know, like, when was the Peanuts uh, uh, Christmas special, Thanksgiving special? When did those start? Uh, somewhere in my dim past. 
<laughs> I had that at a Chinese restaurant, Dim Past. <laughs> I, I really, you know, I was thinking about it, and, I, and I'm not real sure. Like, so when you know, I it seems like I peanuts was when when did they when did it start? I think, Is it? I think the Christmas one was either sixty five or sixty seven. See that would have made yeah that would have put me at, at about fifteen. I'd be fifteen when I was born. Yeah, and I, well, right, right before. So I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about Christmas specials at the time. <laughs> but I do remember all of them, and that's like I said. It goes back to you know the the Banking and Rass, you know. The, yeah. Uh, uh, Rankin and Bass. Uh, right. Sorry, that was a little, little, that was a little, that was a little joke there. Sorry. There, yeah. Well, banking on the Rankin. Yes. That, that's great. Go ahead, Feather. Why don't you talk? But anyway, about those, those, those. You know, I remember those distinctly. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like I said, you know, to get off because I got kind of got away from the Great Pumpkin. Your question about the Great Pumpkin, and you know, in in response to that, in my true response to that, um, I really like. That was one of the things I liked about all of the specials was the music. I liked the yeah. music a lot. And, you know, the stories were, they were peanuts. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I I knew peanuts for a long time. You know, it was yeah. Part of my life for a long in time. In the 70s, like F, I said, they were, they had yeah. movies. Like there, there was yeah. uh, a couple of movies that they have done. Mm-hmm. I even saw one in the theater. I think it was the one where they went to summer camp or whatever. The, yeah. Um, I forget that. Race yeah, for your a, life, Charlie. Yeah, Brown. there's a river raft race. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yep, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it was race. our local theater for the summer movies had like, you know, 10 movies during the summer or 12 movies or 10, yeah, the 10 movies. It was like a, I think a dollar for all 10 movies. You know, I'm like, well, of course you're going to go see. I don't care what the movie is. I paid a dime. I'm going to go see this movie. <laughs> and that was one of them. You know, I was like, I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, I love this movie. Um, yeah, there's something timeless about them. And not all the specials are really good ones. Uh, there are some ones that aren't are a little more forgettable. But these these holiday ones stand out as like stellar examples of, of peanuts. And they're I'm you know, it's too bad they're not being shown on TV, although um, PBS will shows them. Um, they, they showed I think last weekend the 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 Great Pumpkin. I think the week before Thanksgiving, they're showing the Thanksgiving one, a week before Christmas, they're doing the Christmas one. So you can still see them for free. Um, but since we kind of segued into the, the Rankin Bass, we mentioned Rudolph the Riddler's Reindeer. There are a couple other ones that I really love. Now, this is a different kind of animation, although they did traditional animation with Frosty the Snowman. Um, right. But these classic ones like like Santa Claus is Coming to Town and The Year Without a Santa Claus. Yes. Those two, I when it comes on the DVR where I have them on DVD, I will just leave them on the DVR and watch them for weeks and weeks and weeks because they're just I, I remember these songs especially you know you got heat miser and still yeah, miser. i mean is. i'm too much but i'm bum bum <laughs> you know and i i i just love that one and i i love also the the santa claus is coming to town because it told the story of santa claus mm-hmm. you know and how he became santa claus and uh i'm telling you meister meister burger yes no all <laughs> toys um yeah and if you look at the colors the tones in in somber town i mean it's all these grays and ugly colors you know there's nothing bright at all but i have to say uh Chris Kringle's girlfriend's uh, built like a brick house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, good for you, Chris. Score. <laughs> Santa's not coming once this year. Um, <laughs> hey, oh, hey, no, I got to just got to cut that out. 
Um, yeah. So what what about those? I mean, those two were the standouts for me because they were so they're hour long movies or forty five minutes or so, and they they told the story. They completely pull you in. A little too many songs, perhaps. But as a kid, I I would just you know still I lap them up yearly because I can't get enough of it. What about you guys? Your experiences? Okay, so I think the the appeal of Brankin and Bass for me, I loved all the songs. I didn't have, I never had a complaint about all the songs. It was because it was a physical space that I felt like I could visit. I'm like, oh, I could go mm-hmm. there, you know, because it was this. I don't know. Uh, there was the models, the you yeah, know, the marionation kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, the yeah, stop you, motion you, animation. Right, and I didn't even think about the stop motion because I didn't know what that was at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just thought about like people crafting those things and making these worlds like and like they're not making them on a computer or anything. They're making physical worlds. You know, um, it's one of the, the magical, magical things about, uh, you know, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, that brought me back to Rankin and Bass. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, even though I may not like be totally in tune with the story of uh, A Nightmare Before Christmas. um the physicality of it is just, I don't know, that to me is just, that's, uh, that was, a, as a kid was like, I just want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It reminded me of a lot. I used to have a, uh, or my cousins had a um, Viewmaster and there yeah. was a Winnie the Pooh one with yes. Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree that was done with like the Animal, real, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't cartoons. It was like a, a you could tell this yeah. was a real physical bear in a real physical tree in the last shot where he's like bent over and like scooping up this honey, you know, I'm like, it was like, Oh, this is real. I, I totally get that. Gadfly. I totally understand what you're saying there. Fez. I was going to say, thank you for bringing that up because the Rankin Bass stuff, that's, that's what I remember as a kid, those early Viewmaster reels where they were actually sculpting uh, yeah. these, these stories. And for me, there is a couple of them. Uh, just a side note here. One of them was the Wizard of Oz, which was just that that Viewmaster real set was just oh my god, beautiful. And um, there was one that they did with Raggedy Ann and Andy, where it's the the physical the 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 statues and stuff like that. And there's one where they they ended up having to take one of the dolls' heads off because you got maple syrup on it, and it's oddly terrifying. And I remember the kid just being really freaked out about that. But the rank and ba- I mean, how many artists stop motion uh you know tech people were created watching those specials i mean i agree with you you that's it's a physical space and you 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 just those things well, i gotta imagine would be great in 3d but you you just kind of want to be part of it and you you can look at them now with an adult eye with a critical eye and see well yeah they're you know they're kind of cheating on the frame rate and, you know the maybe it's not the tech's not as good the hounds and but still that just adds to the charm of it it's it's not cheap it's like there were there were certain decisions that were made because they know look we're going to do this on a kind of a television budget you know we got to cut some corners but it just adds to the appeal it just adds to the delight and the character of these these different productions you're without a santa claus is great because um uh, oh, who does Santa's voice? It's a uh, Mickey Rooney, right? Yes, Mickey Rooney. Right. You know, and you got the whole the subplot where they have to go to what was it? Was it what was the I name don't feel show? good, Mom. I'm <laughs> going to take this year off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you said, the Miser Brothers. Right. Yes, Mother right. dear. <laughs> exactly. 
Right. And yeah. as a kid, I was scared, not that the Miser Brothers, but when Mrs. Claus shows up and says, we're going to have to go see Mother Nature, and she's kind of terrifying. I'm like, oh, no. You know, I, was like, <laughs> really, I was like sucked in, man. I'm like, oh, my God, we have to be terrified of Mother Nature. Well, she does make storms. I bet she is scary. <laughs> yeah. And then you get there and she just kind of looks nice and everything. And you're yeah. like, wait a minute. And then she like, lightning crack. And it's like, oh, yeah, Mother Nature's cracking yeah. the whip now. Yeah. Um, Would you like some but tea? It, Yes, but yeah, but it's interesting, and it's the funny thing is, uh, rewatching that not too long ago, I noticed that because I think the timeline when they're in the the human town is it's like the turn of the century, like like nineteen hundred ish. If you look in one of the scenes, Charlie Chaplin's tramp is in one of the scenes, and I was like, oh my god, oh, I never oh, saw yeah. that before. Oh, yeah, wow. the, the little tramp is walking around. I was like, oh, oh that's wow, that's um, awesome. But yeah, it's like you know. Those things really defined a large segment of our, our childhood. And it's funny, you you know, it's going back to 65 and it just, they've just been consistently on, you know, how many people grew up with these things? And it, it's like, they're great. And everything that Rankin Bass did, I, I just generally love, I mean, I'm, I'm going to slight deviation here. Their Hobbit cartoon, I don't care what anybody says. I love the Hobbit from Rankin Bass. And the reason I love it is the style of the, uh, the Japanese animation house that did it. There's just this beautiful style. And if, if you watch some of the other animated stuff, you can kind of see it, it's, it's the style of the characters. It's even the typography. Everything is just perfect. And yeah, it just, it goes on. You know, you could just see that there, these people genuinely liked their craft they 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 got good talent even if you if you think about mad monster party which i think uh, oh a lot yeah. Of us, yeah i mean oh yeah yeah it's just everything about those they're just so good and we don't you know we don't really get to see that anymore except in some rare occasions that's too bad but you know would we want more of those i don't know i think i'd just stick with the classes because they're just so well done robot <laughs> chicken <laughs> Well, that's a different type. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and it, robot chicken is brilliant. Yes, yeah. it, yes, is. it is. Yeah. Yeah, By the way, oh, go ahead. I was just say Rankin and Bass did you know did more than these. I mean, there's like Rudolph's Shiny New Year, yep. and yeah. Santa, and like uh, I think Frosty and Rudolph. It's Christmas in July. I mean, there's a bunch more that are not played as much. Little drummer um, boy, yeah, yeah, drummer boy too. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, exactly. Now, <laughs> Shiny New Year, it, it, it's it's got some fun moments. It's got Cornelius, the you know he can he can taste gold, you know, um, and it's got the the uh, some other other silly moments like that. Is that the one with the Island of Misfit Toys? I Who think wants that's, to be a Charlie. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, so that's Rudolph. Okay, yeah. Um, and as you get older, you just see how the other reindeer are just assholes, you know? And yeah. like, even Santa, oh, you look different than the other ones. We can't use you. You know, it's yeah. like, I'm waiting for like the Spartan to kick in and have him toss Rudolph off the cliff, you know? <laughs> so, wait a minute. An I'm waiting for it to be canceled. Yeah. Or, or an elf who wants to be a dentist. Come on. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And look I at that hair. A it's a big, that quaffed of. Of carved butter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Can I? Can I say it? I want to say it. A dentist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. There is. There is a joy, an exuberance, and yeah. and and 
the emotions are carried through the song. I think a lot of times you have those uh, those moments um, of of the you know, I believe in Santa, you know, and like the boys are crying, you know, the little kids crying, like I believe now. Yeah, um, they're crying. You're crying. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's crying. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, I was a very tender-hearted seven-year-old. I just got sucked in and believed it all. So I'm sure I was moved to tears, embarrassedly. You know, I'm not going to show my parents. I cried in front of Rudolph. Um, but you don't see these kinds of specials now. There are tons of Christmas specials that are shit. But but there's something magical about these uh, that I uh, maybe because we just grew up in the right time. You know that uh, like like. Uh, Feather said, you know, he was 15 and not worried about Rudolph, but uh, maybe just growing up in the 70s that we were just Oops. fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still aware of, of all of that because I watched mm-hmm. all of that, you know, because mm-hmm. at the time, that's all you had you had to do, especially at that time in my life because I lived in the rural area, you know, mm-hmm. and TV was a, a pretty big thing. Yeah, well, I think we even had the uh, Rankin and Bass um, uh, Little Drummer Boy, mm-hmm. um, yes. you, know, you know, which is more religious, but still one I enjoy. You know, like I just didn't even have any inkling of the religious implications of it, and I love the song. The song is so good. You know, yeah, you just yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then and then you hear the Bing Crosby David Bowie version, and it's even better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's no. true. That yeah, is oh, it's true. It's, that it's, is really good. I can just You're watch right. that and then hearing right. Bowie coming in, uh, that breaks my heart. I just, yeah. I'll just sob because it's yeah. just so pretty, you know, to hear his his voice over Bing Crosby. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah. But, well, you know, when you think about these movies, the, the Rankin Bass, the animation style um, that was so beautiful and because we had that physical space and we see that style and how it has influenced modern animated film you know without those films we wouldn't have movies like kubo and the two strings which i'm not sure if you've seen oh that beautiful oh oh my lord it is gorgeous i struggled to i had to really force myself to remember that this is not cg the animation is so smooth and so beautiful um, yeah, 2016 film. Um, if you've never seen Kubo and the Two Strings, do yourself a favor. Because oh. at the end of the movie, they show you in really rapid oh. speed how they animate these scenes. And it is staggering. The yeah. sets and the size of these marionettes. Huge, huge yeah. marionettes. Like like six, seven, eight feet high. And you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It, it is a stunningly beautiful film. Um, you will not believe that it is stop motion animation. Yeah, you got to send me the name of that because I want to see it. Kubo and the Kubo. two strings. Yeah, uh, was that a K? K. I'll send. I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, that's a studio. Is it? I I always mispronounce the name. Is it Leica? Um, they're the ones that did Paranorman and. Um, oh right. Uh, yeah. Did yeah. they do Coraline? I can't remember. I they uh, might have. I'm I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, I, I will say this. I got a ch- I got a chance to see Kubo and the Two Strings in 3D. Oh my god, that was amazing! So so good. Well, I, it, you know, we talk about like all of this stuff from the past, but there. What are the modern classics? I, I mean, to me, like uh, the modern uh, holiday classics, especially if you go like Christmas, which is the big one. Um, I would say Elf 
Um, mm. Only because all of the set design and stuff was an homage to Rankin and Bass. Yeah. You, if you look at his yeah. hat and all that yes. stuff, they, they literally had to stop production because they had to get the rights because they said it's yeah. too similar, you know. Well, the Santa um, Claus shows up, the snowman. And it's yeah. like the same snowman from the the, right. you know, the cartoons, yeah. and then you also the same snowman or the Santa that was yeah. used for the commercials. He's riding on a Norelco razor or whatever electric shaver. Yep. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I always look at that snowman, and my first thought was, as a kid, it's still today because it looks so much like it. It's like it looks like soft serve ice cream, like vanilla yes. ice cream, all yes. frosty. Yes. I'm like, I want. <laughs> well, the nice thing about Elf is uh, no CG or very little CG. Um, they did all forced perspective and all this, you know, just traditional camera work uh, to get everything uh, to go. Yeah. And it was funny because they shot all this stuff and then they were worried that they weren't going to be able to, to, to go with it, you know? So they're like, oh, if we have to redo it, or maybe we should color correct his hat so it doesn't look the green of, uh, you know, the, uh, the dentist elf and stuff like that. But that, you know, I think that... Um, is really good. I also really like Tim Allen's Santa Claus series. Oh, yeah. Those uh, are really delightful. Yeah, it creates this kind of universe. And the idea that, especially that first one, where he's chosen to be the new Santa Claus, and he's just resisting and trying to shave the beard, and he's getting, you know, heavier and just, you know, becoming, he's transforming himself into the Santa Claus. Um, and then the whole um, thing between him and his ex-wife and his child and stuff where they just don't believe any of this stuff yeah it's really good so i don't know if there's any other modern day stuff um you know i think you were talking about uh, like frosty the snowman uh, which is yeah frosty it was a, it's a traditional animated cartoon i i as a kid even as a kid i i got annoyed with frosty um, happy birthday <laughs> shut the fuck up uh, I, I mean I hated the scene because it's so goddamn depressing yeah. when Frosty's helping this little girl and then he you know goes in and fucking melts everywhere you know inside the hothouse I'm like Jesus Christ what kind of movie what kind of show am I watching God, and then of course you know fun. Santa brings him back and blah 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 um but it's uh, you know it's a it was way too dramatic for me as a kid. You know I just got too too upset watching it, and that's probably still why I still feel the way I do about it. But I, I think the you know those a lot of those um, those shows were when I realized I was a visual artist that I was visually stimulated um, because I think the the Rankin and Bass uh, animated stuff that was two D animated was very much about shape language. Like you really just had these great shapes. Um, whereas when I watched uh, Peanuts, it was line language. Like everything was just these weird, you're like, I don't even understand how that line makes, uh, you know, Charlie Brown's head, <laughs> you know, yeah. or Linus's blanket and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think those kinds of things were things that you I responded to without even knowing I was responding to them, you know? so. I would instantly become forgiving of any kind of, uh, you know, foibles or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, any kind of deficiencies that I might find in story or any of that kind of, you know. I can see that. Yeah. Anyone else get upset when Frosty melts? Gosh, it's hot <laughs> in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, get outside. Yeah, the Frosty cartoons, there's a couple that have come afterwards, and they're, they're not nearly as successful. There's one where Ed Asner, I think, does the voice of Santa Claus, and, um, you know, he's just a gruff Santa Claus. Um, and Frosty gets married, I think. You know, and they have some snow babies or something. It's like, oh. ah, do I really want to watch this? No. Yeah. And there's like a whole bunch. Like there's one it's a, about the story about the night before Christmas. And it involves this family of mice living in a house with this guy. And I'm like, ah. I watch it for like five minutes because I'm always hoping to find something new to watch that's fun. But I find myself getting really bored really quickly. Like, no, it just doesn't capture my imagination. And I'm thinking, my God, how are children enjoying this? <laughs> you know, uh, they got to see the classics. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we talk about the specials that were on, but we, you know, I think uh, what Feather was talking about was the actual TV series that we watched, the sitcoms and stuff, mm-hmm. would have these seasonal uh, specials. Yeah. Um, and we always look for to those as well you know i mean like the halloween one. Oh, i love those thanksgiving the, the christmas one yeah um, there's the adams family is one of my favorite halloween they got two halloween specials and one christmas yep, yep and uh so that's that's one of my favorite the halloweens because they one they do the traditional kinds of like the the bobbing for apples but it's bobbing for crabs you know <laughs> <laughs> and like there's like a couple guys who are on the run from the law because they've stolen money and they show up and of course the Adams family you know puts them all through their own you know, rituals you know and like they're getting really mad like Gomez takes their bag he's gonna give them some candy opens up and all this money and they're like getting ready to like plug him with guns and he's like oh I didn't oh my goodness we, we made a mistake all of our neighbors generous neighbors have been giving them thousands of dollars in trick-or-treats well here let me add to it so he opens that drawer and there's always that pile of money in there yeah. he's like <laughs> shoving it into their bag you know uh, and then commenting on Lurch's mask, <laughs> it's just <laughs> oh, that's no mask, you know. It's just yeah, the Adams family one is the one that sticks out to me. But I'm a sucker for those holiday yeah. ones. I think one of the best Christmas uh, episodes I have ever seen is Ted Lasso, the one that Christmas episode for Ted Lasso this last. Have you ever has who's seen Ted Lasso? Have you guys seen mm-hmm. Ted Lasso get on Apple yeah. TV? Oh, okay. Well, I can't I can't get into it. But it is one of the best half or forty minutes of TV that I've ever seen. I mean hmm, okay. it is it is funny and beautiful and warm and just perfect. Uh yeah. And without the context, none of that's gonna make any sense. But if for any of the inmates who are Ted Lasso fans, uh yeah, I, I think I think they'll agree with that one. Yeah, and as I said, I, I think the whole phenomena is being a child. Your your world is very like uh, condensed. So these are like little things that populate this very condensed world. You know that you then just look forward to, and you you plan, you actually plan and wait for these things. You mm-hmm. know, because it's not streaming, it's not on demand. It's literally an event in a a, a time, and, and if you miss it. Oh, you're so fucked. Only repeated yeah. once, usually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, unless it's a special, then it's not repeated. Right. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think didn't they used to show Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at Thanksgiving as well? well okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's, for a while yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah that so, was. Uh, so you had you had Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You had uh, Wizard of Oz was at Thanksgiving sometimes, and then yeah. uh, I think uh, what was the other one? King Kong. 
when I had Channel 43 out of Cleveland, they showed King Kong on Thanksgiving. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Willy Wonka was the other one that was shown. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, so you had these rotating things that were not holiday-themed, but they would always be shown uh, yeah. during a holiday. They were magical escapism. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. yeah, and we knew it. Like we were just looking that we'd be like, "Where's where is it in the TV guide?" Mm-hmm. You know, or "Where yeah. is it in the newspaper?" Mm-hmm. The peach. Well, study. one of my more modern. Yes, we've session. talked. Yeah, we've talked about this before. One of my more modern one is the movie Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yes. how can we forget that one? Yeah, well, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, yeah that that that's almost a. Uh, an annual thing for me. Yeah. I watch that. That mm-hmm. kind of denotes the, the season for me. Um, I just love. Oh, I I think the evocation of that time period yes. is just so spot on. I mean, just so spot on. Yeah. Just it's a it's a it's, I, that's a Christmas tradition for me. Yeah. What was the station that would show it twenty four hours? Yes. Yeah. And TNT, they both do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They still do it. I think don't yep. they? It's on. Yeah. Yep. Both of them. Yeah, it's on our house. Like one shows it at eight, the other one shows it at nine. So there's an hour shift, but yeah, it's it comes on. It stays on the house twenty four hours. By the by, yeah. the Christmas day by about four o'clock, everyone's tired of it. Um, but it, I think it's more magical for me Christmas Eve. I, Christmas yeah. Eve is a magical. Oh, yeah. thing. it's way better, yeah. better, the more exciting than Christmas Day, which ends up being just disappointment and obligation. You know, um, well, here's yeah. a here's a guilty pleasure for my Christmas movie is Love Actually. So I watched that movie on a Christmas Eve after getting back from a Christmas party, you know, and I was like all alone and I'm watching that movie. And I thought, all right, okay. that, gave, that gave me the feels. And it I, is a good movie. Guilty. Yeah. Okay, now, now I'm, I'm not going to not going to knock you for that one. Gadfly. This is Fez that she loves that movie. Now, that's the one with the overlapping storylines, right? Yes. yes. Anthology. And, yeah. And. I generally like the movie, but I thought they needed to trim out a bunch of the, the the plot lines in there. There was too much going on. I mean, I generally like it, but Mrs. Fez has your your back on that one. All right. <laughs> Mrs. Head the same way. She yeah. loves that movie. She's the one who got me to watch it. And uh, yeah, I I totally pulled got into it. And by the end of it, the scene, you know, when you have the great Beach Boys, God only knows, you know, everyone's meeting, like, okay, this is a this is a crying moment. This is a beautiful moment here. They've earned this, you know. And what I'm most impressed with is that kid, Liam Neeson's son, yes, who's playing against one of the great actors of our time, yeah, and holding his own, yeah, true, you know. And I thought, wow, this little kid, man. Well, it, the best part is watching Liam Neeson, and you know Liam Neeson as an actor is going, all right, I'm in a scene with this little kid. You know, like <laughs> this kid is, you know, this is a scene, you know. Yeah, it was so good. Um, and I love uh, Bill Nye or whatever. Yes, yeah. oh, yes that, he's great. That That's obviously, that's my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> Where he says, so children... If you want to do your uncle Billy a favor, <laughs> it's just like it's like he he is obviously, and that's the thing about that movie. That is my favorite part towards the end, where he is like, "Oh well, I could have been off there with these ladies and shagging them and whatnot, but then I figured, fuck it, I'm gonna spend it with the the guy that I that I love the most." And you're just like, 
Oh, dude, that's like beautiful. It's like yeah, it is, yeah. little bro moment where they're just like, yeah. you know, okay, well, let's have some punch or something like that. It's, it's, I love that. Well, that and they, yeah, I, I think that's why it's a great movie is because they set that up. They set everything up. They don't, it's not, a, nothing's a surprise. Everything builds, you know. Um, the guy who is uh, in love with his uh, his uh, best friend's wife, and, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, the guy that's the writer, uh, you know, and he can't even he doesn't even speak the same language as yeah. the housekeeper he has, you know. I mean, uh, the moments they're so well done. And uh, Hugh, uh, what's his uh... Grant? Huh? Are you talking what, the Prime Minister? Yes. 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 Grant. And, Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant and the, and that woman who's just got the foulest mouth, and it's just great. And him just like, oh, that's that's fine. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a really wonderful movie, and and you got Billy Bob Thornton as the asshole American. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking, man, we just don't come off good anywhere, do we? <laughs> And I, I would like to say for the record that uh, Hugh Grant's assistant, yeah, those those thighs were nowhere near as big as tree trunks. I, I whoever said that was an asshole. <laughs> right. I think that was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy. I would have fallen in love with every woman in that movie. <laughs> you know, like, uh, was yeah, it Alan, Alan Rickman and uh, Emma Thompson? Oh, was yeah. right, and the, and the flirting girl. Yes, she was. Yeah. She was naughty. Yeah. Yeah, Emma Thompson's oh. always charming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yes, and and she's delicious in Cruella. If if you've seen that yet, you keep bringing that up. I know I you gotta it. watch it, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll tell my mom you said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The uh, yeah. Cruel. It's actually on my list to watch Cruel. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, and I really love the, the story, like the two body doubles. You know, yeah. I, I, oh yeah. Um, it's just you know, just sitting there going through the motions, making sex and talking, like yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, it's it just so matter of fact. Uh, it's just funny. Well, but it's it amazing. Also- it's amazing how many people that I would never think would re- recommend that movie to me have recommended that movie to watch. They're like, no, no, no. Just watch it. <laughs> so I feel the same way with Love Actually, you know, because I started telling people about that and they're like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. Watch that movie. <laughs> right. It's a movie I did not want to watch. I did not want to like it. Um, but good is good. You know, I mean, it's 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 not a rom-com necessarily or chick flick or whatever the term it is. Um, it's it does have a lot of those pushes a lot of those buttons, but it's earns a real drama. It has you know romance. It has real earned comedy, and a lot of a lot of good feels. I mean, there is something exuberant about it, and uh, celebrating the highs and lows. It, it is a really, really well crafted film. When it's the, with love, actually, I, I the title itself, people say it wrong. They go love actually, and I'm like, no, it's love actually. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, that's really what the stories are about. You know, it's love, actually. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a very kind of matter of fact thing that happens at the end. So, all right. Uh, any other, any other guilty pleasures or non-guilty uh, pleasures? I, I, Go ahead, okay. Yeah. If, if we're, if we're going to do this and then I'm, I'm just going to come out of the closet on this. One. I also, I, 
I, I also like the holiday with uh, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Jack Black. I, I'm okay. sorry. Done. Yeah. Yep. I I, yeah. I am a I am a unapologetic fan of Jack Black. I'm sorry when he shows up as a Hollywood like composer, and you know, and he, he's kind of like, well, they're actually putting him in kind of a romantic lead. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of ballsy. Although they, he never kisses Kate Winslet, which I'm like, come on, guys. Screw that. But there's that nice subplot with Eli Wallach as being the, the screenwriter <laughs> from the golden age of Hollywood. And there's, I, I it's much like love, actually. Um, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of the same thing for me. It's just this guilty pleasure where it's, I, I like the performances, even though, uh, you know, I don't know, one could argue that Cameron Diaz comes off as a little, I don't know, but I, I just, it's, yeah. And I have Mrs. Fez to thank for that. And it's one of those things where yeah, I just enjoy this because I just like the idea of the Jack Black as a Hollywood composer, <laughs> score well, composer. Jude Law just makes any part he plays it, right? And yeah, he's good. And he's and he's likable in this. And you feel so, kind of sorry for him when you find out his thing in the towards the middle of the movie. It's like, oh. So that's, I think that's, we'd be doing a disservice to Christmas movies if we forget Batman Returns. So oh, that, is, yeah. that is true. <laughs> Epic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we're really going to get into there, but we could also go down to like Black Christmas and, you know, uh, all kinds of. Um, if we don't include Batman Returns, I'm going to have to show you my French flip a trick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm dead or unsented. I mean, as, as far as the guilty, not guilty. Um, you know, I, uh, I've been enjoying for about since 2018 now, 2019, let's see, um, some Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay. You're off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Whew, been waiting for that. Um, right. You know, it's like, it's right. uh, there's three plots that all the movies revolve around. And I've, I've actually, I've actually made up a, a bingo card that I'm putting out this year. It's like a Hallmark christmas movie bingo card that um it becomes a joke you know they are saccharine sweet and it, it's i had to follow those guidelines when writing my first cozy in that in that regards but there's a couple that stand out that are kind of entertaining not all of them because again after you see a couple it's like it's like listening to a ramon song or a motorhead song you kind of know what you're gonna get it, there's not much variation <laughs> and if you're into motorhead and and ramones then you're gonna like it but otherwise you're like eh, okay um so yeah, I'll watch maybe five or six during the holiday season. I tend to find myself fast forwarding more often than I used to. Like, oh, I've seen this one. Let's just go to the five parts I like. Um, but I'm not seeking them out. But if it's on, you know, I like the ones that try to weave in comedy. Not they're very few and far between. Um, you know, and I got the hots for Alicia Witt. She's in all these movies. <laughs> you know, she was also in the Exorcist TV show. So Alicia. If you're, yeah, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you uh, come on the show? I yeah, yeah. Heather loves the Hallmark. I would love to email her from Heather from Heavy Metal Horror. I did email her and uh, invite her on the show. <laughs> so, because so, she's in The Exorcist, you know, and she was also in uh, Urban Legend, the movie with like 1998 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and um, I couldn't act in any of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> she plays cute girl next door. Um, yeah, so there, there it is. There's my, uh, there's oh, my. I girl. think she looks. I think she looks like, you know, 
like she's confused all the time. <laughs> yes, she plays these kinds of characters. Um, she looks that way. I don't know. Yeah. She was in. She was in one of my favorite TV shows. So, what was that? Um, Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Oh, okay. oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, she was in. When a cute Drayton Sawyer and first the glory and then the shame. <laughs> wasn't she? Wasn't she Sybil Shepherd's daughter? Yes, I think so. In Moonlighting or whatever that sounds about right. Was it Moonlighting or whatever that was? That it was 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 not Moonlighting. It was the Sybil Shepherd show. The Too Drunk. That was the based on the English show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she played her daughter, didn't she? Maybe. All right, then she did. Could be. Yeah. No, she did. I can redeem myself with bringing up an episode of MASH. That was a very special Christmas. And with that, we're going to get out of here. (laughs) And you have been listening to... A severely cut off Dr. Head. (laughs) That's why I'm taking tips. Go ahead. On Unsane Radio. Unsane. I said on... I want to hear about the mashed potatoes. What? I'm not gonna tell I got caught up. No. It was uh, a Christmas episode where a soldier comes in. He's going to die. They cannot save him. But right. it's Christmas Day. And Hawkeye's even like in his you know, Santa Claus outfit because they were going to do something with the kids you know, from the orphanage. And he dies right before, you know, a few minutes before midnight, uh, January 25th. And Hawkeye like pushes the clock ahead so he can fudge the papers because he didn't want this soldier's kids to have their dad die on Christmas Day. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good episode. And I, I thought that, that yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Mash is a whole. We could do shows on that one. That's such a yeah. Phenomenal. That's correct. But you're right. That was a good. That was a very good episode. You're absolutely they, right. And that was the thing about Mash is they had great episodes or they had a bunch of shit episodes. Like it was really like there was no in between. Really, it was just like you know they either hit it or they just like you know, didn't. For me, at least, when watching that. Uh, however, I watched every single one from the time it aired till the time it was done, <laughs> yeah. and I was sad as fuck when it was done like you know there's i think that's the thing about 70s and tv um was you watch these things for years and when they were done you're like oh my god i can't believe i'm not going to see this next week or any other time except in reruns um i think the bob (laughs) newhart show in reruns and yeah right right but uh you know like bob newhart um the first one and then uh what was the newhart show newhart yeah when they did the the most brilliant end of a series ever yeah. yes and, yeah, he wakes up in his old show mm-hmm. can you wear more sweaters <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah that that was a great show uh i enjoy those first like four seasons are really funny of the new of bob newhart and then i noticed after binging him it's on hulu um after that, there was a change in the writing staff, and then Bob becomes a snarky, smart-ass cocksucker, and you just kind of hate him. He's like really condescending to women. You know, all these like anti-feminist jokes are coming into the show, stuff that was never really done earlier. But um, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Well, was, first, that was the Newhart show or the Bob Newhart? Bob show? Newhart from the seventies, where he's the okay, right? Okay, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think I actually like the Newhart show better. 
Um, oh, yeah, that was in the 80s. Yeah, it took a couple seasons to kind of find themselves. But once they yeah. got in with, you know, that was great. Larry it, was almost, it was almost like uh, that uh, Green Acres or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. Green Acres. Yeah, very, very much so. Without yeah, the great things. We could totally do an episode on, like, uh, TV shows and the tropes, you know. Oh, yeah. They, they had. Um, and it's funny because, like, uh, Feather, you know, your TV shows in the 50s and 60s were things we all uh, experienced in rerun. Right. I know. Yeah. Ad nauseum. Like, they were on all the time. Like, I can't right. tell you how many times I've seen every episode of the Beverly Hillbillies or Bewitched or, you know. Just because they were on all Gilligan's the- Island. Yeah. Oh, my three sons. Right. Yeah. yeah See, wait. that goes back into my childhood. Yeah. You know, and then Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed, my favorite Martian. Yeah. Uh, Francis the Talking Mule. Those movies, but yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it was Honeymooners. You bet your life. Yeah, I love Lucy. We talking yeah, about. Oh God, I, yeah. Okay, I think I love Lucy is genius. Like I still, I watched them again, and they are funny. And yeah, they still hold up. It's funny. And here's the other one is uh, Benny. Benny Hill. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Jack, Benny Jack Benny. No, Jack Benny. Oh my God! Yes, Jack. Benny. I saw an episode with him and Bob Hope that was like live. Um. And on Tubi, they have a blooper reel of all these old shows. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it on Tubi. It's so funny. And they, they show the whole episode of him, uh, of uh, Jack Benny and Bob Hope going to the jungle. And you can tell the ad lib and how they're just cracking each other up. And it is like I was rolling, you know, just watching the whole thing. It's just so funny. Um, I have about 600 episodes of the Jack Benny radio show. Oh, really? Working my way through. Yes. Um, it is hysterical. The the, yeah. the wit, the razor sharp wit, and the, the repartee between the actors. It is brilliant. Um, yeah. Well, hysterical. that's a whole another uh, beast, you know, radio, mm-hmm. uh, radio, uh, radio play. Right. <laughs> I started to say radio teleplay. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. And, and like, radio. That's just amazing what they were doing. And live television, like, you know, because mm-hmm. that's Jack Benny. A lot of that was live television. You know? Right, right. Are there more episodes on Tubi or just a, just a blooper reel? There's a couple of blooper reels, but I would watch them because they're like three hours long. And they're, yeah. they're, they're with all these shows from the 50s, 60s. Right. And uh, yeah, they're really funny. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say Cool. All right. Well, where can we find us? We can find us on the Facebook page. Just just go type Facebook and you'll get there. <laughs> you can say it in a lot of instances. You can just say, hey, insert your favorite uh, bot computer. name. Hello, computer. Yes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and you can access Unsane Radio on Facebook. You can access uh, Tar and Feather 
on Facebook. Just type in Tarnfeather slash Psycho Cinema. No, no slash. It's Tarnfeather Psycho Cinema. <laughs> and you'll find it. Unsaneradio.com um, is a good Unsaneradio.com, yes. With all good the great pictures. artwork. Cool. Yes. Yes. And you can even search through all of the episodes. If there's some character you want to know about or some movie that you want to know about, we've probably covered it at some point. And if you type that in the search, it'll come up in whatever episode that we're in, as long as it's in the description. What else can you find at Unsane Radio? (laughs) Yes, heavy metal horror. By the time this one comes out, we will be interviewing Nibs Carter of Saxon and Matt Thompson of King Diamond. Yes, we've got some big stars coming on. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And let's not forget, also, the greatest comic strip of all time. Way Freaks. On Facebook, W-E-E-F-R-E-E-K-Z. Sideshow Kids with a little taste of life. Go ahead. F-R-K-Z, that's the radio station. Yeah, that's It's funny. What I love most about your comic book says, or your comic strip, is that there are times where it is like laugh out loud hysterical, and there are other times where it hits me right in the feels. I mean, it is a... 